You're listening to the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast, brought to you by John Lothian News. I'm Matt Rabel, and you're listening to John Lothian News. Today, we'll be speaking to Lexi Podramos, Business Development Manager at Block Inc. and Executive Director of the Chicago Blockchain Center, about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. Alexandra Podromos is the Business Development Manager at Decentralized Application Developer Block, the firm that created the digital asset Metronome. She has a Master's of Science in Information Systems from Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, and is the Executive Director of the Chicago Blockchain Center. Lexi, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I've been sort of following your career for a couple of months now, especially since what was it? It was like an event. Yeah, it was, it was with uh, IIT. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. You were quite a celebrated figure there, from, <laughs> from what I understand. Cranes Thanks. has written about you, and you also spoke at our Markets Wiki. Wiki Markets Wiki. Mm-hmm. I got it. Uh, World of Education yeah. event uh, a little while ago. So, uh, welcome. Did you have any trouble finding the office or anything like that? No, no. I mean, um, besides running on on Greek time, which is kind of my usual, <laughs> as we like to say. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's really cool location being in kind of the, this historic area with the yeah. Chicago Board of Trade. So yeah, yeah happy yeah. to be here. We're, we're extremely happy to have you here. So I wanted to start by talking about your career. Sure. You have been involved in the blockchain scene for a few years now, and you've become pretty influential pretty quickly. I think it's safe to say. I think uh, the story of how you came to enter into the scene is a fascinating one. You basically leapt from your undergrad at Pepperdine University, studying political science straight into the blockchain world by attending Consensus in New York, which is where you met Matt Rozak, who is, of course, the founder of the Chicago Blockchain Center. So I wanted to ask you, what was that like? It seems like that whole weekend must have been like a total whirlwind. Yeah, I mean, so that that weekend in particular was kind of crazy. I I graduated that Saturday and then actually went to church because I'm Greek Orthodox and it was um, Greek Easter that evening. Um, Then uh, jumped on a plane to New York like the next day to go to that conference. But um, that had actually been um, the result of, you know, my kind of building interest in the space, probably which really started in earnest about a year prior. I had obviously, I think like most people heard about cryptocurrency and and Bitcoin in particular through most of the maybe more salacious headlines at the time, um, talking about Mt. Gox in particular and, you know, all the various exchange hacks that had happened around that time and the the price volatility. And I think like most, I had had discounted it when I heard about it earlier. You know, it it seemed like something that was um, kind of associated with web and with yeah. illicit transactions <laughs> online. And so um, I, I didn't really think that had anything to do with what I was studying at the time, which was political science. And I, I, I wanted to go to law school. I was really interested in the nexus between law and technology in particular from a couple of different perspectives. One from the perspective of how nascent technologies are regulated, because I think, you know, as we've seen over and over again, even with a lot of the recent Facebook hearings, congressional hearings, not even just the Libra ones that happened recently, but even, you know, some of the older ones with Mark Zuckerberg, where there was kind of demonstrated to be 
a lack of knowledge of some of like the fundamental inner workings of technologies that've been around for at least a decade. I thought that that was something that was really interesting, um, and particularly when you have technologies that have global reach and that cross borders, like Bitcoin, for example. Um, but this was kind of before that. I was interested in privacy, um, in intellectual property online. Um, I, I went into Pepperdine actually on a vocal scholarship as a classical opera singer. And so so that, that was from one perspective. From the other perspective was how these new technologies would be disrupting the legal space and how it was practiced. So throughout my, my kind of extracurricular uh, research that I was conducting, I came across this term smart contracts. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was associated with this new protocol called Ethereum, which was invented by this kid who was like a month older than me, but had already become like such a such a distinguished thought leader in the space and, mm. and was really creating this groundbreaking new cryptocurrency. You're um, describing Vitalik Buterin, right. of course. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, I, I started researching more about what this kind of smart contract thing was all about. It didn't really, as it turned out, have really anything to do with contracts in the legal sense, very strictly. But once I kind of dove more into blockchain technology, Bitcoin started resurfacing. I just became absolutely fascinated with some of the other applications of blockchain technology, not only in the legal space, but in every industry. Um, so I, I started just reading a lot more about it, um, participating in some online forums, uh, most mostly just kind of scrolling through them and, and, and just trying to read as much as I could to yeah. gain information. Started attending some local meetups to actually meet people who were in the space. Um, and that really kind of culminated in attending uh, Consensus, which was where I got to meet a lot of the people that I had really come to respect over that, you know, several several weeks and, and, and months of research that I'd been conducting prior to attending. And it just absolutely convinced me that there was a way to make working in the blockchain space my main career goal, as opposed to just being kind of this interesting hobby that I, I had been learning about or this kind of new fad that was maybe coming and going. I, I really thought there was something and, and, and still think that it's it's here to stay and, and wanted to be as involved in that as I could. Um, so at that conference, this was this was 2016, uh, the then governor of Delaware, Jack Markell, released this Delaware blockchain initiative, which made me start to think of, uh, you know, why couldn't we do this for Illinois? I was coming back to Chicago after having finished in California was looking to some, some different master's programs, one that was at Northwestern. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I then approached the state of Illinois and we formulated the Illinois Blockchain Initiative. And then I guess kind of the rest is history, then started at Block and then started up the CBC. How did you end up as the executive director of the Chicago Blockchain Center? Yeah, so that was actually um, kind of really a, a perfect mixing of some of the wants and wishes um, that we had come up with in the Illinois Blockchain Initiative and the Chicago Bitcoin Center, which Matthew Rozak had actually founded uh, a couple of years prior mm -hmm. um, to the Chicago Blockchain Center. So one of the pillars of the Illinois Blockchain Initiative, in addition to trying to educate regulators on the topic and then launching a you know pilot proof of concept program, um, they also wanted to create some kind of a dedicated space or develop the community around blockchain. And um, the CBC seemed like the best vehicle to do that. And so 
we we pivoted and and kind of rebranded as the Chicago Blockchain Center to just kind of represent more of, of what our interests were in terms of education um, and what we really wanted to be focusing on. And um, so then in, in 2017, I became um, executive director and um, we really got just a, a volunteer group of directors as well. Um, it's been really, really interesting to kind of see how the community has developed since that time, especially because um, you know, 2017 was obviously fairly turbulent for the cryptocurrency space. Yeah. Um, some good things, some bad things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of how that came to be. Yeah. What I wanted to ask, what do you specifically find so interesting about all of this technology? Obviously, a lot of people consider blockchain to be a very powerful word. I mean, there were mm-hmm. companies that rebranded with the word blockchain in them. <laughs> Long Island blockchain. <laughs> yeah. I believe there's still... Um, talking to the DC the SEC regarding the fallout of that decision, right. but you know, obviously it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, but I want to. What what resonates with you personally? Yeah, I think one of the things that really initially sparked my interest was just how collaborative and democratized most of this stuff is. One of the reasons I think that I was able to kind of um, learn as much as I did about it is because. There was all of this information online. You could view, um, you know, if, if you're a programmer or a developer, you could contribute directly to all, a lot of the public blockchain networks. Um, I think having something like that that is not controlled or owned by a company or a government is um, extremely powerful. Um, and so I, I really like that aspect about it. But talking about like just blockchain technology in particular, um, I think that there's there's going to be a real paradigm shift in a couple of different industries, mostly because I think a lot of the systems that we have in place today that are dependent on siloed data systems and very centralized, very hackable um, repositories that have kind of built up um, just, you know, the the way we just very freely kind of give sensitive um, information online. I think that's just not sustainable. And Mm -hmm. I think that blockchain technology offers a way to create this open peer-to-peer system that is immutable and trustless, but, you know, trustless from the perspective of you don't need any of these intermediaries or third parties to participate in verifying transactions. But it also creates this different layer of security and, you know, blockchain has elements of cryptography in it as well and and encryption, which I think is very important. Um, so just kind of all of that in concert together, I think, has the ability to really impact any industry where they have to operate digitally in some respect, where there has to be trust between parties that might not ever meet each other mm-hmm. in person. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, we're, we're increasingly going towards a more digital data driven world. And I think that blockchain is going to be a really important part of forming that bedrock upon which that new world can be built. Um, so, I mean, just that, that, that kind of, that's fairly broad, I, I know, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that was really kind of one of the things that captivated me about it. Um, and one of the reasons why I thought there would be, um, you know, a lot of applicability in the uh, public sector, you know, in terms of digital identity mm-hmm. and storing um, uh, titles and, and deeds uh, just kind of like the the Cook County pilot that was executed. There's a lot of uh, a lot of potential there. It sounds. I mean, clearly you're extremely knowledgeable about blockchain technology. 
So you seem like a good person to talk to government officials, which is probably why you ended up being so successful at doing that. I mean, if, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, you know, this, this space is still new enough. Um, I mean, Bitcoin's been around for 10 years that mm. I really hesitate in, in calling myself any kind of an expert. Mm. Um, I've, I've been in the space in a, in a serious way the last like four years or so, but I really attribute that, um, that, that level of expertise that I've been able to gain to the openness and just very friendliness um, that this community has really been for me. And really why, why I encourage others to not be intimidated by this stuff. I, I think blockchain was actually even a, a colloquialism that developed um, after Bitcoin. I, I always recommend people who are like, oh my God, this stuff is way over my head. I don't understand it. Yeah. You know what? Why should I care about this? I tell them to always read the Bitcoin white paper first. It's nine pages with diagrams and references. You can get through it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> actually crazy streamlined. You wouldn't right. think something like that would be right. readable. Exactly. Like. And that was the genesis for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's. I think it's, it, it obviously there, are, it, it helps to be a developer from certain respects for some of the more technical elements of it, but um, even even now more so than, than when I was kind of getting into it, there are some great resources out there. Mm. Um, we've got some some great meetups in Chicago that, that I've been attending outside of the outside of the CBC meetups that we put together. But there's just really it's it's anywhere you go and any big city that I've been able to see at the very least, there's there's some kind of community there, and just you know don't be afraid to talk to people about this stuff, read as much as you can online. And um, that's that's really how I kind of got my start. Yeah. Honestly, that was how I got my start as well. Yeah. I started going to, I, you can read a white paper, you can read a billion articles, but I find it's very helpful if you want to understand this stuff to go and, and find a meetup, right? right? And just like meet the people who are the most involved with it. Right. Every single meetup I've ever gone to Personally, people are thrilled that there's a new person. Right. You know, they're they're always very excited to talk about the technology and yeah. excited to speculate about what's gonna, which coin's gonna do better, which right. company's gonna do better. But yeah, speaking of starting things up, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your work with the Illinois Blockchain Initiative, which you helped kind of, you know, provide like a catalyst for the creation of that. So I wanted to I wanted to talk about have there been what were some of the things that went the way you expected them to what were some ways that kind of surprised you in terms of how that all panned out right so I was um, I I approached the Department of Innovation and Technology at the time um, which was comprised of the, uh, the CTO the CIO the CSO and a, a few representatives from some other agencies which eventually. Um, made up the Illinois Blockchain Initiative. There were about five or six um, that that eventually joined. Uh, so blockchain had actually kind of been on their radar already, which I think was really helpful. Um, mm. But it was it was part of a part of more of a strategy for you know these are technologies that we should look out for. It wasn't necessarily at the front of their agenda. Mm -hmm. um, they they thought that there was still there were still too many unknowns, which I mean makes a lot of sense. Since at the federal level, it's still a mess yeah. um, as to like, you know, we're, we're under whose jurisdiction does cryptocurrency fall? You know, some kind of basic questions like that are, are still um, being answered. Though, though we have made progress um, yeah. since then, but 
especially at that time, it was it was still um, very much a black box. So I think it, it was definitely good that it was on their radar. Um, so when when I, I approached the state and said, you know, we should really be taking a closer look at this, I think that, you know, Illinois taking a leadership position in terms of creating a more welcoming regulatory environment would really be a boon for the state. And they, you know, agreed, I think, to, to their credit, they, they really... Um, that that team really had the kind of foresight to embrace this as opposed to being afraid of it, which I think we had seen a lot of other state governments kind of take that approach. I think New York with the bit license kind of being the most like notorious, which I mean, you know, not not to not to say that there was a, you know, right or wrong answer necessarily, because, you know, the the, one of the jobs the government is to keep constituents safe. And if there was this thing that was what I what I view as very misunderstood, but what it was viewed as somewhat dangerous and mm-hmm. an instrument of illegal actions, then, <laughs> you know, it's 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 it in some in some ways kind of made sense what they did. But um, sure, yeah. So I think you know to their credit, they really had the foresight to try to take a leadership position in this role um, and and kind of launch the Illinois Blockchain Initiative. Yeah, and honestly, I have been kind of impressed following the regulation of digital assets over over time. Because right. like, especially from the way you just described there, the handling of state officials with the space, there's a lot of fraud, right? There's mm. millions and millions of dollars of digital assets have been lost by people all over the world, including the United States. Yet government officials are still working on it. They're not like outright pushing it out the door. They're still allowing some room for for growth and and regulation. In addition to your work with the Chicago Blockchain Center and uh, with the Illinois Blockchain Initiative, you are also the business development manager at Block, which is a Chicago-based blockchain firm. So I wanted to ask you what you you do at Block. Yeah, so I've I've been with Block um, almost almost three years now. Um, We're headquartered in Chicago, but we've got team members all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a team in LA, Toronto, um, Argentina. So uh, we're kind of like living that distributed uh, life, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. So so Block Block was founded in um, uh, late 2015 uh, mm-hmm. by Matthew Rosak, who's a Chicago native. Also, obviously, founded the Chicago Blockchain Center. Mm-hmm. Um, has been a serial entrepreneur and investor in this space for a really long time. Um, and so he he partnered with uh, Jeff Garzik. Yeah. who obviously was um, a, a Bitcoin core developer, one of the first that kind of like worked along with Gavin Andreessen and Satoshi and all those guys mm-hmm. um, to proliferate the protocol. Um, and so the two of them joined together uh, to try to make blockchain technology more accessible to enterprise and to all of these larger companies that were really interested in using blockchain, but kind of didn't really know where to start. But we've, we've really evolved from there. Um, so now we've got couple of different wings of Block. Um, one side of the house is Block Enterprise, which is still focused on being that easy on-ramp for you know, larger companies, smaller companies, um, indiv- individual developers even into the world of you know, distributed ledger technology, and in particular, not shying away from um, working with both permission private and public chains. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming out with a uh, platform later this year called Block Cloud, uh, which is going to have, and it's what, what I've mostly been working on, um, 
which is going to be a, a platform that will enable node management and also be able to provide blockchain data and insights to developers. Um, so kind of a you know optimized blockchain infrastructure is what we're going for there. Um, and then on the other side of Block, we have Block Labs, which is kind of a Venture Studios, a Skunk Works approach to the ecosystem where we've been either providing strategic or technical and sometimes financial support to varying projects in the ecosystem that we think are very important to, you know, kind of building this new, these new railroads and this new ecosystem of companies that could only function with blockchain technology and through tokenization as opposed mm -hmm. to just applying blockchain to their oh, current cool. operations. So through that, we've started to spin up a couple of our own projects. One of them was Metronome. Um, we have another one uh, called Titan, which is mining optimization software, and we're working on a few others mm -hmm. uh, as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've, I think Block has kind of positioned itself well in terms of, you know, still still being a, a, a steward and evangelist mm -hmm. to maybe some of the more risk-averse companies um, that want to explore blockchain technology, but maybe don't have the tools or the manpower or resources to start to interact with some of the more yeah. difficult aspects of working with public blockchains, but then also trying to foster that innovation and creativity on just, you know, the tokenized network side. And so I've, I've, I've been doing communications, marketing, business development kind of strategy for the past several years there. Also, um, kind of a, a, a necessary evil in the space is just obviously education. And so yeah. I'll talk with potential clients, not only about our product, but in some cases, you know, about why they should care about blockchain. And also if they don't need blockchain technology, that's something that we're really careful of. Yeah, it's not a catch-all. Exactly, exactly. It's so not a catch-all. It's, it's not a, a panacea, but we've, we've definitely turned away, I think, more customers just because of that, you know, for them trying to Seeing, seeing the, the blockchain hammer and, and, and trying to apply it to every nail that they see, you know, yeah. but um, yeah. So since you started working at Block, are you particularly proud of anything that you've been able to be a part of there? Any accomplishments, any projects that you're particularly fond of? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Block has been, I think we've, we've been really privileged to have a lot of different leaders in their own respects and thought leaders on our team. So obviously Matt and Jeff mm -hmm. have been um, extremely influential and I think bringing education and just general, more general information about blockchain to the mainstream. Matt has testified before Congress before. They've been written up in, you know, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, what have you. Matt did an interview on television recently. So I think I think that part, especially when you're in a space that's so new, it's, it's very important to be kind of a good steward and um, a knowledgeable advocate of the new technology that you're trying to build. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Block Cloud, which I've been able to work on more from the communications marketing perspective coming out later, later this month, actually. Metronome, actually, you know, was a, one, of the, one of the first projects that we tried to come up with with ourselves at, at, at Block Labs. And it was really one of the hardest things that we could have done and tackled from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, we, we built something that was fully functioning right from the initial supply auction. It wasn't, it was, it was kind of the anti-ICO in yeah. terms of, you know, not having any kind of a raise to build a product or a platform later on. But as soon as it launched, it was working. We weren't able to manipulate those four contracts and could really only build from there. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're looking at other chains for later this year as well. So, I mean, the, the, the way that the community has kind of embraced Metronome has been really cool to see. If I could just talk really quickly about Metronome, could you give like a general brief description of how it works? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening would be uh, fascinated to hear about it. I've read some about it, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, as a as a preface, I would absolutely encourage um, anyone listening to go to metronome.io and read the owner's manual um, mm. that we put together. I really, it's 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 meant to not be like as technical a white paper, though it does obviously answer certain technical questions. But it's meant to be very easily readable and, and consumable by anyone who wants to participate. But basically, metronome is a a kind of like souped up ERC twenty token. Um, which originally started on Ethereum, but is comprised of four different smart contracts that are, are, are fairly sophisticated with the goal of really being, you know, if, if, if we could have designed a cryptocurrency from the ground up, knowing what we know, having been in the space for, you know, almost a decade like Jeff has been, what would we want that cryptocurrency to look like? We would want it to have a predictable supply. So metronome every day, there's an auction with a certain amount of, of metronome that is sold at the same time every day for the same amount with a, a price that is predictable so that anyone who wants to participate in the ecosystem can, you know, kind of map out that inflation rate and that supply long term. We wanted it to be uh, running autonomously. You know, there's there's built in converters into Metronome to provide a lot of liquidity between their Metronome or Ethereum or Metronome or Ethereum Classic or metronome and quantum or RSK, you know, whatever we're looking at, just really provide that liquidity and potentially as an option, be a cryptocurrency that you could buy a cup of coffee with. I think Bitcoin has kind of won the argument in terms of being a terrific store of value, but I think there are legitimate arguments out there saying that Bitcoin's really not good if you want to use it for point of sale purposes. I see a lot of comparisons between Bitcoin and gold, especially recently. Right, right, right. There have been some marketing campaigns around that for sure. Yeah. And just, and just, I think there's always been somewhat of an interest in that. So, so yeah, so that was, that was, that was kind of the, the main idea around Metronome. So almost done here, but I wanted to ask you, what are some of your goals for the future, whether it's at Block or at CBC or beyond or somewhere else entirely? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've been really fortunate to have honestly been working in a space which if you had asked me five years ago where I thought I would be at this point in time, I probably would have told you my second or third year of law school or working an internship as a, as a clerk or something. So, you know, something that I've really tried to do is is really stay open to the possibilities. And so I think I've kind of I've kind of more moved away from creating like you know, I'm, I'm definitely a planner in every sense of the word, but have, I've tried to really move away from saying like, you know, this is where I think this is going to be five years or where I'd like to be. I mean, I, I have really appreciated being a part of such a great community in Chicago and seeing how it's grown over the years. Um, and I, I'd really like to continue to see that growth. You know, we've, we've got a lot more startup representation here. The CBC has been working with the universities in particular, uh, gauging student interest, of which there is a lot. Until, until we really get to the point, not ubiquity necessarily of blockchain technology, but really interesting applications that are being built using blockchain technology that just work and are interesting in and of themselves, not necessarily because they're on a distributed ledger or because they use a crypto token. Something that, that was encouraging to me recently, I'm sure you're familiar with the Brave browser and their native basic attention token or mm. BAT. I, I was talking to a, um, 
a colleague from uh, my master's program who was saying, yeah, I've, I've been using, we were talking about privacy and he said, I've been using this Brave browser. And I go, oh yeah, have you, have you tried out like, you know, getting rewards or, or, or using a basic attention token? And he wasn't even aware that there was a crypto associated with that browser. <laughs> he just really liked kind of the idea of having a, a, a privacy ad blocking browser that was secure and, and easy to use and had a really nice interface. So stuff like that is what I, I love to continue working in the space on, until we kind of get to that point, which might be might be a few years away, honestly. But I think it's it's, it's definitely in the imminent future, and um, that's that's really what I want to continue to do is just continue continue really building on that. In addition to your own personal future, yeah. what do you think the future holds? Let's say the next not even the next year, like the next yeah. like six months in this space. Do you anticipate any uh, any major developments? Bitcoin's going to be a hundred thousand. <laughs> not <laughs> not, not going down that route. <laughs> I, made a, what I, I made a joke about that with I think Bill Ulibarri mm. earlier on another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. Every, everyone's got a price speculation theory, right? Right. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know if I'm I'm quite that bullish for the next uh, six months. Um, <laughs> but but uh, fair. Yeah. I mean, I would I would love to see. You know, I think there was a really interesting moment that happened um, in the kind of public perception of cryptocurrency when a larger company like Facebook entered the game. I think that we're going to continue seeing that. Um, I think that there have been a lot of companies, um, you know, higher profile that have been more in stealth mode or more looking at um, private or permissioned ledgers. And I think I, I would love to see that interest start to move away from some of those like walled garden applications to trying to interact more with the um, robust and global public networks. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd love to see kind of that shift. And I think I, I think it's, it, it's going to be happening. It's mostly a matter of companies that want to start in the U.S. if they feel like there's too much regulatory uncertainty. You know, there's, there's I think we, we've seen, you know, sadly, a little bit of a brain drain away from the U.S. Um, and having companies start or headquarter in other locations that are maybe a little more amenable to this space. So I'd, I'd, I'd obviously love to reverse that flow and, and start to bring more of that innovation back here. And I think it, it, it just starts with more education about what exactly this stuff is on a broader level and more ideas about how it's different from really anything we've seen before and that we, we can't really fit this kind of square peg into the existing round ones, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I think we're going. Well, education is especially of, in my case, the crypto markets is yeah. kind of what we do here. So thank you so much for helping us do that. Lexi, it's been a pleasure having you here and uh, thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks so much. For more news, videos, and podcasts like this, head over to johnlothiannews.com.